Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of Around the Slice. I hope you all had a great weekend since we previewed the Bills-Commanders game on Friday. But obviously, that game has since ended, so as always, we're going to react to it, give my thoughts, honest, what I liked, what I didn't like, all that. So here's what we're going to do today. I'm just going to give you the outright score and winner, and then I'm going to go over who were the five inactives pregame and then stock up who really had an outstanding performance that I noticed and who really helped themselves. Um, mixed, who um, didn't help themselves or necessarily hurt themselves. They were just kind of eh, just kind of ordinary and then stocked down, which I, I don't have anybody, thankfully. And then two awards that I have some a uh, couple creative names for that I think you'll like. And then... Reflecting on my five game predictions from specific, that is, game predictions from the Friday preview episode. I'll just say if they ended up happening or didn't happen. And then my final thoughts slash questions about this overall team and certain positions coming out of this game and moving forward. So let's get into it. The Buffalo Bills go into Washington, D.C. and beat the Washington Commanders 37-3. to uh, It's great. So... Uh, actually, I'll save that, this for the end. But I do want to say right now, it was towards the end of the game. The commanders were on fourth and one at like the Bills 20 or 25. And they chose to go for a field goal. I don't know why Ron Rivera chose to go for a field goal down 37 nothing. I get not wanting to be on the on a part of Bad Hair State only being uh, shut out for the third time in Washington uh, history. But... I feel like that's just kind of like giving up on your team and like at least give your guys a shot to do something positive. At least put some faith and confidence in them. Who knows? If you convert there and score a touchdown, then that's at least something positive. I don't know. Kicking them a field goal, albeit fourth and one, while you're down 37 to nothing. I get not wanting to be a part of bad history, but again, like, I don't know, like kind of give up there. But that was just a small note I wanted to make. I didn't necessarily understand Ron Rivera's decision there. But uh the five Bills inactives pregame. So the first four are the same. It's been the first two week against the weeks against the Jets and um Raiders respectively. Safety Demar Hamlin, corner Kyrie Elam, and then offensive line Jermaine Ifedi and offensive lineman Alec Anderson. The fifth one though is not defensive end Kingsley Jonathan. It was defensive tackle Puna Ford. This is kind of surprising when I first saw it, first came across uh my Twitter timeline. But now that I think of it, uh, uh, now that I think more about it and put more stock into it, it kind of makes sense because even though Leonard Floyd played and played very well, he didn't practice most of the week and he was nursing kind of an ankle injury all week from that fourth quarter against the Raiders. So it made sense just in case re injury happened that they had Kingsley Jonathan active for that and they're really good at defensive tackle with Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, and Jordan Phillips anyway, even without Ford. So that's probably why uh they wanted to protect against a Floyd injury. Kingsley Jonathan's played sparingly at the end. Um now stack up. I have quite a few guys here that help themselves. Obviously thirty four point blowout, thirty seven to three, so a lot of guys help themselves. First and foremost we're gonna start with quarterback Josh Allen and I'll provide stats along with these players obviously uh, of course, 20 of 32, about 63%. So I wish it was a tick higher because coming into this game, he led the league in completion percentage. That probably belongs to Tua Tagovailoa now. The Dolphins beat the 
Broncos 70 to 20. What a treat of a game. That will be next week. Not on prime time, unfortunately, but 63%. That's right around league average. League average is like 63 to 66%. So that's in the lower end of league average. We're still right around there. 218 yards through the air, one passing touchdown. And then, um, he did throw an interception. It was kind of dumb. Yes, the Bills were up like 16 to nothing at that point. Uh, 23. They're up at like 20 plus, I think. He had a near perfect day minus that interception. I know it really didn't matter. It didn't affect the game nearly, like, basically at all. Like, it did the Jets in week one with his three interceptions and fumble, so four turnovers total. But I just don't want to see him throw that. Like, he now has four interceptions in the season, just three games, and that's, um, not very good. Obviously, so I I I know that was a blow. I just don't want to see him throw that a stupid decision. He threw it right to the guy in a double coverage, and it was kind of stupid. He was just trying to force it to Gabe Davis, I believe it was. So yeah, uh, but uh, and then he did add forty six rushing yards and a rushing touchdown on the on the day. Actually, um, that's his first rushing touchdown of the season. So I knew he would have to rush a lot because, uh, well. We might as well talk about the running game now with James Cook. James Cook logged 15 carries, so he didn't. Still pretty good volume, 98 yards, and then two catches, 14 yards through the air. I thought it would be more effective, effective through the air, but that's whatever. 98 yards, that's just two yards shy of 100 yards. I didn't even think he was going to get to 75 rushing yards, honestly, just internally in my head and talking to different people because that defensive line, Chase Young, went to sweat at John Fallon, Deron Payne, and then some nice rotational pieces behind them. They've been playing great this season, so I'm surprised he even was able to get 98 yards, but good for him. So James Cook is a big winner, stuck up here. And then running back Latavius Murray, five carries, 15 yards, that's whatever. But he did have a touchdown, and I guess he added one catch or six yards through the air. But that's what you need to kind of neutralize and slow down this big, burly defensive line. You need a big, burly 6'3", 230 vet running back who's 33 years old in Latavius Murray. Uh, so that's good. Uh, why, and then a couple wide receivers here. Wide receiver Stefan Diggs, eight catches for 111 yards. He had now two out of three games of his to start the season over 100-plus yards. And then the second one he is close with the Raiders, like 66, I think. So uh, last week, that is. But Stefan Diggs is on a tear. I think all the offseason drama, he's on kind of a quote-unquote revenge tour. So that's great to see. And the wide receiver, Gabe Davis, one catch, 35 yards, one touchdown. I want to see him. This is my problem with Gabe Davis. That's a great touchdown, but... Middle of the field in route running is still an issue for him and apparently drops too because he dropped a wide open first down. There was really no one covering him. Yeah, you could play say it was a twinge, twinge, a, a bit underthrown like a tad, but not really at all actually. He should have brought it in for a 6'2", 220-pound receiver like himself. We don't want the drops to haunt him like last year. We know that. And then just a group as a whole, the entire offensive line was on fire. Osiris Torrance is an absolute road grader in the run game, and his pass blocking has been surprisingly very well. That was his run criticism coming out of Florida this past draft cycle. Can he hold up in pass protection like a uh, like a uh, Spencer Brown, Mitchell Morris, Dan Dawkins, or Connor McGovern? It, I mean, Osiris Torrance pass and run blocking been very impressed, especially with his pass blocking. Well above average in that. And then Connor McGovern, I felt like has bounced back very well from a poor week one uh, blocking performance. And 
Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris, we know who they are. And Spencer Brown continues to bounce back. He continues to rejuvenate his career. It feels, sounds weird to say because he's still very young, third year. But you know what I mean. He hasn't developed nearly as we've wanted. So the entire offense line put on quite the show here. Linebacker, Terrell Bernard. This dude, I mean, listen to these stats. Now, this is a linebacker, okay? Linebackers are rarely get any sacks at all, so... Two sacks, one interception, one fumble recovery, seven tackles, and one pass deflection. I mainly talk about the two sacks and interception and fumble recovery, though. Two sacks for a linebacker? This isn't a Greg Rousseau or Ed Oliver where they're supposed to get a lot of sacks on the defensive line. No, this is a linebacker. And he, for good as Tremaine Edmonds was, I love Tremaine Edmonds. And I feel bad for him in the Bears because the Bears suck right now. And they're 0-3. And... Their defense, he has no defensive line at all like he had in Buffalo. Jermaine Evans was great. He flew over the field. He was 6'5", 240, gangly, athletic, rangy guy, all that. But the problem with Jermaine was he was a tackling machine. He just never made big plays, whether it was tackle for loss, mainly talking about interceptions. There were way too many times I felt like with Jermaine Evans that he, um, the ball hit his hands and dropped it. It dropped interceptions. He just didn't have those wow splash plays. I'm not saying Terrell Bernard is Tremaine Edmonds, probably not even close because this is his first year starting. And Tremaine Edmonds was a five year starter alongside Matt Milano in Buffalo here. But, uh, Terrell Bernard, way to, way to actually make plays that Tremaine Edmonds could never make. And that's not a slight, um, knock on Edmonds. It's just, the facts, he couldn't make them. But this is a linebacker. Two, let me see these stats again because this is remarkable. Two sacks, one interception, one fumble recovery, seven tackles, one pass deflection. I was very skeptical. But clearly the Bills made the right decision here. And Christian Kirksey's not a fallback option anymore because he retired, like we talked about on Friday. But um, last Friday, that is, in the pre- Bills Commanders preview. But, uh, yeah, I we don't need a fallback option anymore because TB, Terrell Bernard, TB is really making a statement. Pass coverage, downhill trigger. He's impressed me and plus more. In his um first three games, he has three interceptions in three games. That's more than the most interceptions Tremaine Edmonds had in the year was two with the Bills, and the most sacks Tremaine Edmonds had in the year is two with the Bills. So um Terrell Bernard has already had more than Trey Edmonds' career high in interceptions for a year with three, and he's already tied Edmonds' career high in sacks in a year with two. So that's amazing. Again, no knock on Edmonds, but you have to compare them because they're both middle linebackers and same team and all that. But I think Terrell Bernard is well on track for AC Defensive Player of the Week, and that's cool because after having very cool, it will never not be cool to me seeing Bills players my team get accolades because after last week having Josh Allen getting AFC, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, it would be very cool to see TB here get AFC Defensive Player of the Week. And I know Miles Garrett had three and a half sacks, but it's even more impressive as a linebacker when you get those sack numbers, you get one, let alone two sacks on the day. So, yeah, I think he's well on track to be AFC Defensive Player of the Week. And now, next, I'm going to talk about a slew of defensive linemen because they were on fire literally all day. And defensive tackle, Ed Oliver, we got to start there. He had one and a half sack and four tackles. He had multiple more pressures than that. He has been awesome, and I mean awesome this season. Through three games, he has made his presence felt. 
his total from last year, the 2022 season last year being, was two and a half sacks. He's already beaten that. He's at three sacks. So, obviously, and he's probably going to have a new career high this year because his career high high in sacks is five as a rookie. I mean, he looks dominant, whether it's a run fails, run stuffs, tackles for loss. Um, I know he's an undersized defensive tackle, but he makes up for his penetration and stuff. And his run stuffing has been great this season. Next, defensive end Greg Rousseau, one sack, two tackles. He finally got in the sack party here. Finally getting a sack. He's been very close the first two games against the Jets and Raiders, respectively. And he finally gets in on the sack party here, like I mentioned already. I mean, Annie, the thing you'll notice with this defense lineman is they had more than just their stats show. They had multiple pressures, multiple run fills, and tackles for loss and all that. But uh, Greg Rousseau is just so lengthy, and he combines speed, power, and length so well. And I finally think he's refined his pass rush moves. That was my run criticism when we drafted him. Next. Let's just keep going at the defense line. Defensive tackle Daquan Jones. One sack in five tackles on the day. He's just such a nice veteran, steady presence. He he's known for run stuffing, elite run stopping defensive tackle, but like he's shown some athleticism and some burst and power penetration, all that affecting the quarterback this year. I think he has one uh two sacks in the year now. So yeah, that is great. And then defensive end AJ Epinenza. Way to finally show up. He had a pick, six, one sack, and one pass deflection. Dude, if we can get A.J. Epinesa as our third or fourth defensive end to show up, maybe fifth when Von Miller comes back, then we're sitting pretty. That's a pretty good depth defensive end pass rusher to have. And I fully think they made the right decision. I fully support them trading Boogie Basham. I think they made the right decision here with going with Epinesa. But this pick six was wild. I don't know if you're watching Game Live. If you were, you know what I mean. Sam Howell. And we talk about Greg Rousseau, 6'7", 270. AJ Benes is right there with him. He's 6'6", 260. And I think that length showed. Sam Howell tried to throw it over him. AJ Epinesa literally plucked it right out of the air. He got his big, quote-unquote, bear paws up there and literally just plucked it. Boop, right out of the air. It was amazing. Wild interception I've ever seen. After last week, Matt Milano literally mossed Josh Jacobs. Uh, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs for an interception. I mean, AJ Benazza literally boop, plucked it right out of there. These interceptions are wild and so dynamic and awesome to see. Next, keep it going. A couple more defensive linemen. Defensive end, Leonard Floyd. Two sacks and three tackles. Ankle injury? What ankle injury? Didn't practice most of the week? Who cares? He had multiple pressures than that, too. He was all over the place. I, this, I mean, this defensive line. And they're doing all this without Von Miller. I'll talk about that at the end. The future holds here. But, my God. And then, lastly, defensive end Shaq Lawson. He had two QB hits. Was close to a, sack, a couple sacks. But this is, I mean... Come on, guys. This is just unreal. You're getting contribution from rotational defensive linemen like Shaq Lawson and um, uh, Shaq Lawson and AJ Epinesa, and then Kingsley Jonathan. If he can develop down the road, he plays some garbage time. But I like Kingsley Jonathan as a nice depth piece. This is just unreal. I love Shaq Lawson as a nice, steady veteran. As a great run-stopping defensive end. And his pass rush moves, he just knows how to affect the quarterback. He's not some, like, gaudy player, but he obviously has his best in Buffalo because he doesn't have much interest around the league. But, yeah, I mean, that's, like, five or six defensive linemen right here at the top of my head. 
uh, right here, excuse me. Uh, next, some couple secondary players that had stock up here. Cornerback Tredavis White. He had one interception, one pass deflection, and three tackles. And it looked like vintage. 2019, third year in the league, his, a career year for Trey Davis White. Vintage Trey White, elite man-to-man coverage. I mean, Trey White is fully back. I feel like even when he returns last year, was playing, I don't want to say kind of scared, but he was playing kind of hesitantly, uh, if that's a word. He's playing with some hesitance. Um, yeah, he's playing kind of hesitant, so he's fully back. And then safety Mike Hyde, one interception, one pass deflection, two tackles. I mean, this secondary is fully, fully back. And it's special for Mike Hyde and Troy White because we know Chronicle Troy White fighting back from Torn ACL. But this is Micah Hyde's first interception in two years because he could have had a he had a career threatening neck injury let's be honest last year he only played like a, two games like a game and a half he was taken off on a stretcher last year so that's concerning but it's awesome he kept the game ball afterwards not the game ball he kept the ball he intercepted afterwards so i i would keep it too first interception in two years uh but yeah four interceptions on the day let's see terrell bernard tb had one uh AJ Benezza had one, which was a pick six. Awesome. Trey White had one, and Micah Hyde had one. These guys were balling. These defense, McDermott had these guys moving. And then next, offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. It kind of, it's His play calling just continues to amaze me. I think he learned from week one in the second half of last year that you got to spice it up sometimes, got to get creative. I still, the Bill, I'm going to say this. I saw this from Dan Orlovsky of ESPN. He was um, last night after the game. He was in a Cincinnati hotel or whatever for Monday Night Football tonight that he's doing. And he was saying, like, I just rehearsed the Bills game. And the Bills, if they could, they need to commit to this because they're the best when Josh Allen is under center. So, like, and not in shotgun. Right under center behind the actual center. So, under center with play action. I would like to see the Bills, Ken Dorsey, push 35% of play action. Josh Allen is one of the very best quarterbacks under play action. So, give him some different looks on offense. So, yeah, Ken Dorsey started kind of slow. I still question the first and second down production. The first half was just not there. They were doing some goofy stuff. Like on second and 11 or second and 15 or second and 11, you do a draw play. Didn't you learn that from two weeks ago against the Jets? It didn't affect him, obviously. And then a different drive, second and 10, you do a run play. Like you got to be smart when to run and when to pass. I question that a little, but after that, Ken Dorsey didn't do anything too, like, exotic or overly creative today. It was just how he... Josh Allen's been some easy button throws. Oh, and by the way, Josh Allen, I joked about it with my dad when we were watching the game, but, like, not really, because, like, Josh Allen slid. I'm going to repeat that again. Josh Allen ran for 10 yards, got it first down, and slid. I have never seen Josh Allen slide. Rarely in his uh, now six-year career with the Bills, never. So McDermott and Dorsey must have gotten his ear and said, okay, if you want to stay in this league for a very long time, like Tom Brady did, I don't know if anyone can say that long, but you get the point. If you want to have longevity like certain other players, then you need to stop doing that because Cam Newton was a batting ram, and what happened to him? Shoulder injury after shoulder injury. So you don't want to be just a batting ram. So Josh Allen, like joking but not joking, very good to see him slide. That lastly for stock up, this is kind of situational, but Sean McDermott's defensive play calling and aggressiveness. He has these boys 
flying, and I mean flying around. Un- Leslie Frazier was great. Claps in the playoff. That's whatever. We're past that. I doubt Leslie Frazier comes back, by the way. He's still under contract the Bills next year, but I highly doubt that. I just feel like it, he kind of got stale in Buffalo. But I've never seen this many just dialed up blitzes with McDermott. They got natural pressure with Leslie Frazier. Excuse me, I should say. With, yeah, Leslie Frazier. But dialed up blitzes, whether it's corner blitzes, safety blitzes, exotic looks, three safety looks, mainly the linebacker blitzes with Milano and uh, Bernard disguise coverages. I really like how aggressive this defense is under McDermott. They're teeing off on the QB, and that's awesome. Now, granted, they've... Gone along three pretty horrible offensive lines. Three weeks around the Jets, Raiders, Commanders, respectively. But the point remains that I've never seen this type of aggressiveness from Leslie Frazier. And it's just great welcome sight. Now, Max, I only have two players here. Again, it's really hard to nitpick in a 37-3 blowout, 34-point victory. But I am. Quarterback Christian Bedford, he only had four tackles. He did it. One of those was one tackle for loss in the day, though. I feel like in the first half, mainly, a lot of kind of missed opportunities in the first half for this team as a whole. They could have won like 45-3 they really put their mind to it. But um, w- whatever. I'm just nitpicking at this point. Benford was out of position a couple of times, and he got beat by Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Same with Jordan Poyer. He only had four tackles in the day. I didn't put him in, I'm not going to put him in sack down. He had a bit better than a bit better game than week one and week two against the Jets and Raiders, respectively. But I don't know if he's showing it his age. I just haven't been very overly impressed with him this season. I think this could be the worst year as a Bill in Buffalo for him, unfortunately. And then Stockdown, thankfully, I have absolutely nobody. Big slice of the game award. So it's basically player of the game, but that's boring, right? Someone, this is called Around the Slice, so I call it Big Slice of the Game Award because someone that really showed out most of the time, it, it's a young player. And in this case, it is a young player. This was easy, easy. Linebacker, Charles Bernard. He should. He, 99.999% sure he will win AFC Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, let me reiterate his stats just one more time. Two sacks, one interception, one fumble recovery, a pass deflection, and a seven tackles. I mean, that dude was all over the place. Um, Yeah, he's got to win. So he's my big slice of the game award winner. Next, burnt slice of the game award. So, again, around the slice connection, name of this podcast. Say you go to a pizza place, like a local pizza joint, uh, pizza shop, whatever you want to call it, and you always go there every, let's say, Friday night or something with friends and family, blah, blah, blah. And you expect one thing, it's always so good, but then it comes back burnt that one time, and it was very disappointing. So you got to start going to a new place, and... Usually, this is a very disappointing player. Same scenario, uh, same analogy, uh, that is. I have nobody, just like last week, nobody. I mean, the Bills are routing boat racing teams here lately. So, next, uh, almost done here, but second to last chunk of thing here. Reflecting on five game predictions from the preview from Friday, three days ago, obviously. If you didn't hear that, then... I, if you heard that, then great. If you didn't, I will reiterate five predictions. I'll just simply say if it happened or it didn't happen. So first out of five, Josh Allen. I predicted Josh Allen has five total touchdowns, whether that was three passing, two rushing, four passing, one rushing. However, he got there, five total, and that didn't happen. Frankly, didn't come close to happening. Um, he only had two total touchdowns, unfortunately, one passing, one rushing. There were a couple missed opportunities in that first half. Second prediction of mine out of five, James Cook has at least 75 receiving yards. That didn't happen. Not even close. 
just like Josh Allen. He only had 14, unfortunately. Third prediction, Dalton Kincaid has 75 receiving yards and two touchdowns. I said this because at the time I didn't expect Austin Knox to play. I don't think anyone did. It was a weird injury situation for the Bills this week. A lot of players that had injury designations didn't play practice Wednesday or Thursday or they were very limited. And then Friday, all of a sudden, they practiced in full. And there's no game designation for Sunday being yesterday, September 24th. Today's Monday, September 25th. Um, it was weird. I guess there's just maintenance, keeping guys healthy and keeping their mojo up during the week. I don't know. But Don Kincaid had 75 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Didn't happen. He had two catches on three yards, I believe, and no touchdowns. So that was pretty pitiful <laughs> of a prediction. Next, Christian Benford has an interception. That didn't happen. I don't care, though. We had four interceptions on the day. Hyde, Trey, Ma, Mike Hyde, Trey White, TB, uh, Terrell Bernard, and AJ Epinesa, which was a pick six again, had the four picks. But I'm not complaining. Uh, if I have to sacrifice a Christian Benford interception to other guys at four total, then oh well. But that didn't happen with the Christian Benford interception. Next, or lastly, five, fifth prediction out of five, Bills win the game 41-20. to I predicted it. Again, looks like I was too conservative, but Bills won. But exact score wasn't right. Obviously, they ended up winning by... 34 points instead of 21 points like I predicted. So just like last week, looks like I was a little too, a lot too conservative. So I'm going to give myself like a half a point for that one, but horrible, horrible prediction right here. 0.5 out of 5. I think I am 2 out of 15 in the season. So three games, 5 times 3, 5 predictions, 5 times 15. And I think I got 0 of 5 week 1 against the Jets. And then 1.5 out of 1.5 out of 5. Week 2 last week against the Raiders. And then this week, 0.5 out of 5. So 1.5 plus 0.5. So 2. So I'm 2 for 15. Let's just calculate that real quick. So on my 5 game predictions that I like to do every week, 2 divided by 15 times 100. Okay, that's good. I'm about 13%. So 2 out of 15. Calculus. So I'm about 13% on game predictions this year. That's terrible. I guess I, guess I got to... Start thinking more big picture here, but whatever. Anyway, it's just a fun exercise. Final thoughts slash questions. Now, I have no questions, just thoughts. I have four or five here, I believe. So this is about whether it's team overall, certain positions, certain situations, just going forward. First, Bills have out. This is awesome. This is so cool to me. This is just putting a stamp on the league. Bills have outscored their last two opponents, 75 to 13. I'll walk you through it because the Raiders... Actually, we scored 38 points against the Raiders, and then we scored 37 points yesterday against the Washington uh, against the Commanders. So, 38 plus 37, obviously 75. And the Raiders last week, and we two only scored 10 points, and then obviously the Commanders kind of gave up that and only scored three points. So 13. So 23. We have, that's a 62 point margin. So we've outscored our opponents. Uh, in the last two weeks combined by 62 points, exactly 75 to 13. Awesome. Lastly, some quarterback thing. Josh Allen's on a warpath after week one struggles. He said he didn't watch TV, blah, 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 and that and this. I This and that, I mean. I, I kind of believe that. They didn't hear outside noise. But then again, he, I feel like I half believe that because I feel like he did kind of. He just looks like he's on a warpath. I know he didn't have the stats yesterday. Dude. Like, oh my God, this was like two attack for low. This was like MVP performance and that. 
like, no, but he's just been steady. Again, I wish he didn't have that interception because he would have had a pretty near-perfect game. But, yep, Josh Allen confirmed on a warpath after week one struggles versus the Jets and everyone doubting him. Uh, next, this is not a criticism, but just a thing I want to see going forward. I want to see James Cook be involved a bit more in the receiving game going forward because, again, I predicted him 75 and he only had 14. In only two catches. I want to see get some wheel routes going, maybe some end arounds going with him. Whatever you have to do, put him in the slot sometimes. I know he's not big, but he has great receiving ability out of the backfield. So I want to see Ken Dorsey kind of scheme some things up and Josh Allen look his way more out of the backfield. But surprisingly, he had really good rushing production and got 15 carries for 98 yards. So uh, next. Uh, this is the last thing, actually. The defensive line is one of the... This defensive line is one of the best units in the entire NFL. And just imagine how elite it could be... Will be, actually, when Von Miller comes back. It will be elite. It's close to that right now. It will be. If you started the Buffalo Bills defense yesterday in fantasy football, congratulations. They got 31 fantasy points. They probably won some weeks for some people. They had four interceptions and nine sacks. In fantasy, you want sacks and interceptions, and they had that, all that plus more, four interceptions and nine sacks. I mean, this defensive line, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, they're so deep, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, A.J. Benazza, Kingsley Jonathan is kind of a stash player. Von Miller comes back, Ooh. and then you have A.J. Benazza finally living up to his potential. That's just, that is just scary. Van Miller can come back in a couple weeks, week five in the London game, October 8th. I don't know if he will, because I don't know if the Bills will want him to, to mess with the air pressure on his knee, with the jet, maybe flying with the team, all that. Maybe he comes back week six. I forgot who they're playing week six, but maybe he comes back week six. That would be my money. But, I mean, when Van Miller comes back, if you have top five defensive linemen in Van Miller, Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, and then you have Daquan Jones, then you have pieces behind them like AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, who I didn't even mention, Kingsley Jonathan, Tim Settledone, Daquan, uh, Jordan Phillips, and then Puna Ford if he can get activated. He was just inactive for this game because no need. But, yeah, I mean, this was this was just awesome. So, yeah, that's kind of my recap and reaction and takeaways. I mean, the Bills have been boat racing teams lately, and it, it's great. And um, since that week went bounce back, I feel like, they're a top five team again, like in terms of power ranking. Top five team again. Um, speaking of power rankings, if you want to see my weekly power rankings every Tuesday afternoon, I release them around three to four o'clock. Um, you can go to my Patreon. It's basically extra, ex- extra exclusive content that you guys don't get here on the podcast. You guys mean the audience. So if you want to go to that for just $3 a month, you can get all that articles, rankings, whatever. Uh, college football NFL. It's around the slice. Uh, Patreon.com slash around the slice. I'll put it in the description, whatever podcasting platform slash medium you're on. But again, $3 a month. Patreon.com slash around the slice. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, next, what we have next on the docket for this podcast is Thursday. Uh, so three days from now. So let's see. 25th, 25th. This Thursday, September 28th, it's going to be a big, massive game. The Dolphins, Bills Dolphins in Orchard Park in Buffalo. I mean, that's going to be something. The Dolphins just dropped. It's, it's like a mad, like a video game. The Dolphins just dropped 70 points on the Broncos. The Broncos are 
some sad you know what team. Um Yeah, but they just beat the Broncos seventy to twenty. What a game that will be. I can't believe it's not on prime time. It's just at one o'clock. Uh, kinda boring. But whatever. Anyway, um I'll be back on Thursday and speak uh if you want to listen to this podcast, you can listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast favorite podcast. You can follow me personally on Twitter at a winegarner thirteen. You can follow um, the podcast on Twitter, if there's any last-minute updates or whatever, stuff like that, at Around Slice. And, yeah, this has been great. Bills have been broke racing teams lately since week one, and it's awesome. Anyways, guys, we'll be back with the massive Bills-Dolphins preview on Thursday in three days, Thursday, September 28th. I will see you then. Uh, have a great few days. Bye.